besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Welcome back, Tim Gossage and Mick Collis in the SENWA studio and already another bronze medal to Australia. Absolutely brilliant. Karina Lee in the women's 10K swimming. And one man who's across all the swimming and he should be incredibly proud of himself and his team to pull together a remarkable performance, the best ever in the pool for Australia. 20 medals, nine gold, three bronze. And I think we do encounter, um, well, we go, eight, sorry, three silver and eight bronze in the pool. And I'll be asking uh, Rowan Taylor whether we... Um, Count Christina Lees as part of the swimming uh, program and whether he's got any charge on her whatsoever. Hey, Rowan, congratulations, mate. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, thanks, Tim. Thanks, Mick, for having me. And, and yes, we absolutely count up water as an Olympic event. So we are 21 now, which is the greatest hall of medals of any swim team ever. Beijing was 20. So we can uh, we can we can be proud as Australians to know that we've um, we've, we've been able to produce that. We got one more event to come with Kai Edwards in the Open Men's uh, race. So hopefully this could spur him on and uh, we can see something special. But that was definitely uh, uh, an Olympic program par- uh, part of our team. Oh, that's so great. very very special for Karina. That was an unbelievable race. We're all in the, in our we're in Darwin and at Howard Springs. We're all out on our balconies just going screaming for her in that last 500 it was like we're out in the pool deck again you know we were like reliving that uh those nine days we had in in tokyo so it's very special rowan taylor the australian swimming coach is online so already up there in howard springs in darwin can and that that's the one thing that i was going to ask you about and we'll get back to all the the pool exploits in a moment and we all we're all still uh, rejoicing in it and it was remarkable of course and and mick's wife is over there she's a spotter in the the water polo at the moment so he's sort of got a flavor for the olympic sport as well but rowan just in regards to coming back and not sort of being getting in that opportunity to already, and, and you probably couldn't anyway because of the way that the East Coast is locked down, but the <clears> adulation <throat> from the public and, and, and all that, it, I mean, it's a difficult transition, isn't it, to come away from all of that and what we rejoiced with what you did in the pool as a team, but now you have to come in two weeks in isolation. Uh, just tell us about the setup there in Howard Springs and how much uh, you have to do with each other and how you're, you're dealing with those two weeks of isolation. Well, yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting. Obviously, it's some, you know, we're going into the unknown. Um, I've I've done quarantine before um, in a hotel, but uh, Howard Springs is a is a really good environment. They've got the the cabins, so there's four four cabins per block, and each cabin has a balcony, so you can go out on the balcony. There's like a tape line. You can sit outside and you can talk to your neighbor, and then across from you, you can talk to everybody. And as long as you're having a drink or something to eat, you can have your mask on. If not, you're wearing your mask. So. There's outside access, which I think is really good. Just just before we all had an exercise session, so there was a group of us out on our decks doing that. So you know we're planning on on those things to do daily. Um, for us, I think you know the strategy was and is is to have connection with each other um, through virtually. So we'll have some virtual um, debriefs. I know there's a couple debriefs organized for the team. Um, throughout this, there's our, our outside support and Lindley Frame and Jody Henry with our well-being. They'll be connecting with the athletes and coaches just to check in as well as family and friends. And then I think the main thing is, you know, I've got obviously commitments and which keeps me busy. Um, but to me, routine is the most important thing. So we've created some structure for routine. Um, we've encouraged them to, to really reflect um, 
And uh, yeah, hopefully this is a good transition. So they'll come out, you know, quite recovered physically and uh, emotionally they'll, they'll be able to then really enjoy um, and have reflected. So it is what it is. We're going to have to deal with it. And, um, and uh, we're prepared as best we can. The AOC is fantastic. They've set up so much really good things to connect with us too. So, yeah. No, that's terrific. Ron, it's Mick here. Mate, 21 medals. What what caused this Olympics to be so good? What was the reason behind that? Well, firstly, talented athletes who really love to compete. That's number one. Very committed coaches um, who uh, who kept high standards and, and really worked with their athletes and had the belief in them. And I think beyond around, wrapped around that's a great system, you know, good leadership from Alex Bauman, who, who now is our CEO and was head of high performance leading into that. He had a really clear strategy for us. I came into the role 12 months ago when Jock Overharan left. I was his 2IC, so I was part of the campaign anyway. Our role was real simple. It was <clears throat> clear, this, clear all the distractions, let these kids just compete, train, stay in the water, do what they do best, resource them the best we can. It's not complicated. We, they're the ones that, that need it. So obviously during COVID for me, it was the challenge was keeping them in the water. Um, that was our absolute mission statement was if whatever is going on, we have to keep them in the water training so that they can stay fit and healthy and confident. And then we were able to bring together, which I think is a bit of the glue for the fabric of the team was where we were able to have some, some group activities. And one of them was, an event camp in February. It was really timely. We all came together. Um, unfortunately, the WA swimmers couldn't make it, but we brought them in virtually for, for different things. Um, they ended up spending four months away. Um, as you know, they've been on the road, but we were able to bring them together in April and be with us at nationals. But the idea was to bring the group together, really re- remind them of what they've done, remind them of how strong it is for them to adapt. Um, you know, everybody's struggling. There's no doubt, like everybody in the world struggling, everybody in Australia at the moment, we understand that. And we just try to, uh, to support them in, in their pursuit of their goals. And I think, you know, collectively, we just worked as a group really well. And then they, they delivered, they, they were, they were tough. They, they really, we really, we really, we really honed in on that. Like you guys are tough, like just, you know, step up and Emma McCann being able to perform across oh. that whole week was amazing. Yeah. And, and the Olympic trials were held a lot closer to the games than they have been in the past. How much of an impact yep, did yep. that have? Look, I'm going to reflect a bit more on that. I think it had it definitely kept the team connected. That's one thing that it did really well was, and, and we had a, we made a decision. It was quite funny because it wasn't a popular one, but back in January, the, the leadership group, we sat down and said, as soon as trials are over, you got to get to Queensland. Like you cannot go home because if you go home and something happens, we know what's going to happen. They're going to lock you down or they're going to, mm. they're going to backdate it. Unfortunately, we had a young boy in Seabomb Lee who went back home to Sydney because he didn't know he'd make the team, picked his gear up and came up to Queensland, but he was in Sydney during the dates that there was a case. They ended up putting him into isolation. So we didn't have him for about 10 days, but what happened was we got everybody to Queensland and then within a week, all of a sudden, Southeast Queensland goes into lockdown, and Townsville, where we had a group, and all of a sudden, everybody within five hours was rushed up to Cairns. So we ended up in Cairns a week early. So um, a lot of our plans worked worked well. We got the team together very early, so it kept everybody training. So having the trials that close, I think, worked worked in that favor. As far as the way we performed, we had about 48% to 50% of our rankings improved, which is really one of the things you really want to do. You want to 
from when you're going into the competition, you got to improve where you're ranked. And I think that's a positive. That's about as much as I've seen so far. But in reflection, my conversations will be to the coaches. How do they feel? You know, next year we've got a world championships in May. We're going to have to have an early trials. We're going to, we can't have a long, long prep. We're going to have to do it as like back to back. Um, then we have Com Games in August. So we're going to pick both teams off of one trials in April. I think most athletes will want a break so that, you know, I'm, I'm just speculating there'll be some athletes that might take worlds off and just go to Com Games or, or vice versa. So there's a lot of things that are to play out. And, um, yeah, we've, we're going to have to hit the ground running once we get out of here, that's for sure. Rowan Taylor, our guest, the head of the Australian swim team. No Australian team has won more gold medals in 26 Olympic campaigns. It was quite remarkable. Nine gold, three silver, and now nine bronze for a total of 21. The most winningest uh, Australian Olympic swim team on record with still one, ga- uh, one uh, event to go in the men's distance. What didn't you get right? Now, there's a lot of conjecture about the, the women's relay team where you turned it over, you turned over the four that got you into the final and then you came back out and it didn't quite work out the way that many people thought it would. Um, if you had your time over again, Rowan, would you have done anything differently in regards to selection and the way you programmed some of the swimmers? Yeah, look, I mean, I don't want to sound arrogant, but no, I wouldn't because we just, the way that that, that, that we prepared and and set the, our strategies for all relays, we were prepared to accept that if it didn't work, you know, sure, we look back and think differently, but, but this is how the process worked. We did this in Beijing. We had a deep enough team in Beijing where we swam a heat team and a finals team, a completely different team with fresh, fresh athletes who won the gold medal. We had a deeper team at this meet, we, meaning we had faster girls, highly ranked, and we had the opportunity to do that. And when we looked at it on paper, we thought Ariane, Emma, heavy, heavy program. Maddie had done some relays. We thought, we're going to give these guys a rest. We're going to give them. And, and the semis were always slower the next morning. So from the heats to the semis, everybody swam slower. This is across the, the world. So we, had, we, had, we work with Amazon. Amazon has a program that we work that does a predictive um, stuff that, that had given us some information. This is for all relays, by the way. And it, and it told us that we had a really big gap based on, our, on best times. We had a big gap, and we felt these girls were good enough to break the world record, which they did, and, and the other teams swam above themselves, which you can't control. So we, we did a little bit – we swam a little bit slower than we predicted, and the other teams swam quicker. So we put in a team that broke a world record, but they just didn't get the chocolates, which is what we were hoping – so when you looked at it, it's easy in hindsight to say, oh, you could have put in, but the four girls that swam the heats knew exactly that's what they were doing. They were there to swim the heats. That was their job. They were there to put the team into the final. There was no, oh, if you swim quick enough, we'll put you in, because we just felt that backing up the next morning, that, you know, <clears throat> Molly O'Callaghan got, got, got back very late. She had drug testing. She would have got back late to the village, or maybe, maybe 11, 11.30, and then have to be up the next morning. And so there was a lot of factors that went into it. So, so it's a long-winded answer, but our strategy, you know, yeah, it's it's tough. But uh, I can tell you the other the other one that I can pull out is the is the mixed medley. You know, we got a bronze medal where we probably, you know, had to use three athletes who had had to swim that finals, including Emma McKean, and and that was our best team. That was you couldn't deny it. It was our best team, and all three of those athletes were like, "Yep, we're going to do this," and they and they delivered. And delivered meaning they got on the podium when we we were like scratching to get there. Men's the men's four by one free relay after heats, we were going to be lucky to make the final. 
but yet somehow we worked on the right combination and these guys uh, get a bronze medal. So, you know, things, the swings and roundabouts. Yeah. Now, nine golds, it's a bit like asking you to choose between your children, <laughs> but, but do you have a favourite? <clears throat> well, you can't go past Ariane's 400 and Dean, Dean Boxall's celebration. That was, no. <laughs> that was a special moment. I think, look, a, a, a lot of them were, were, were really special. That, that, that one for me, that gold medal for me, um, you know, I've spent a, a lot of time with the coaches, you know, at their training programs and around them working with the athletes as part of my role is to really to go and get involved with, you know, to get to know what they're up to and how, you know, how we can support them best. And with Dean, um, you know, he's very strategic and they, and even in the training camp, you know, she would be doing sets and sometimes I would be timing the sets and Dean would be kind of doing other stuff that he'd be involved with every little meticulous piece of that race plan was about what unfolded exactly. I, I can't tell you, but it exactly as he spelled out where he, you'll be here at the 300. She's going to try to break you in the 250. She's going to try to do this. She's going to try to put her. She'll try to break you here and you're going to have to hang on to her. And you, she'll, she'll, everything he said would happen, happened. And it was just like, it just played out in front from, so for me, it was like, that was an unbelievable performance of, of, of her to hold her nerve but just for it to play out as a plan as a strategy as a training and I'm sure all the other gold medals as well were like that and I think probably the other one was Jack, uh, Zach Stubbley Cook you know <clears throat> I'd said to my wife watch out for this boy this boy has <laughs> the fastest last 50 of anyone in the world and I said to her if he's anywhere near it with 150 I said this guy will win and then she's yelling in the living room to my daughter. She's going, he's going to win. And my daughter's like, mommy, he's too far behind. And she's like, no, your father said he has the best back 50. So those probably are the two that, you know, I kind of in my mind imagined it playing out the right way. So, yeah, those are the ones that jump out at the moment. Last one before we let you go. Rowan Taylor is our guest, of course, the coach of the Australian swim team. And I know you've had to dissect and you're still dissecting and having a look. The futures of, of, of a couple of your swimmers, Emily Seabom, um, maybe Mac Horton, maybe Mitch Larkin, maybe the Campbell girls. I mean, when do they make decisions on that? And have you talked to them about their futures or are you just allowing them to rejoice in their performances? Yeah, no, I haven't spoken to them personally. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to their coaches, and if they want to come and have a chat with me, they will. Um, you know, those athletes you mentioned are just um, great people, first and, first and foremost. And I think what Emily and, and Kate did, you know, um, you know, you talked about gold medals, but for those two to get up and, and the podium when they did and being – and I've been, on, I've been on every team with them as a coach myself. You know, I was, I was there in Beijing with them as a coach, and – you know, I know what they've gone through from injuries and things that it's just such a proud, um, proud for them. And Mitch Bench has been there since, you know, three Olympic games now. And um, so for them, you know, I hope they take a good break. I think the professional swimming league um, will probably keep, keep most of them somehow connected to the sport, whether they make themselves available for teams. Um, I'd like to think, uh, think that they, that they'll, they'll keep their, that that going um but uh yeah I'll, I'll talk to their coaches at some point and they'll probably reach out and, and give me a heads up but yeah they haven't had had anything to do with me yet congratulations well done mate absolutely brilliant stuff um there's so much pressure i think when we talk about pressure on our 
sporting teams, and, and let's talk about the Opals who have got some work to do. Let's talk about our hockey teams. Let's talk about our water polo. Let's talk about our rugby sevens. But I think if there's pressure, it is a nice on our swim team because we expect gold. We expect world records. We just expect as Australians, and you have delivered in spades. Congratulations to you and all your back-of-house team, all your physios, your medical staff, people that we don't ever see uh, and don't unbelievable. understand. Yeah, it's a team yep. effort. That unbelievable team. And, and to your point, I can tell you the day that four by two didn't deliver gold, that was a tough day for us because, uh, yeah, we got, we got, I felt the pressure then I can tell you. And, uh, and I understand, um, we, we all had expectations too, but yeah, you're right. But that's why, uh, you know, why, why not shoot for the best? I mean, I think you just have to, and, and you accept, you accept the outcomes and, I remember uh, one of the golfers, and I can't remember who it was named, they said, you got a 100-foot putt, are you putting to get near the, the hole or are you putting to get it in? And he goes, why would I putt to get near the hole? I'm putting to get it in because if I miss, I'm going to be cl- closer than if I putted to get near the hole. So we're just going for everything. So as uh, Laurie Lawrence said, stuff the silver, you're going for gold. So <laughs> we, we, follow, we, follow his, we follow his mantra. <laughs> uh, good on you, mate. Well done, legend. Well done. Fantastic. Thanks for joining Thanks. us. And if, I, and if I can say this, Enjoy quarantine for the best of your enjoyment. How long have you, how long have you got to go, Ro? No, well, I'm day I'm day one, so <laughs> I've got 13 more. 13. <laughs> Thanks right, for reminding right. me. I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> I do apologise. Well played and congratulations, mate. Thanks. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Thanks Mick. Be well. G'day. Brilliant. Rowan Taylor. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.